The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You're listening to The Fix with Ryan Rothstein, live from the PropSwap studios of AM1490 Sports Betting Radio. Prop swap that ticket and cash in while the odds have improved. Once again, here's Ryan. Uh, it's that time. It doesn't matter that it's Thanksgiving. It, it could be Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving. You, you name the holiday. This isn't... The Postal Service here with John McMullen. John McMullen is always open. He's a 24-7 Eagles and NFL convenience store, just a source of knowledge, always here for you whenever you need him. So um, I try to change up the intros once in a while. John, how was that one? It was good. You know, (laughs) that's my whole whole thing, football 24-7. That encompasses everything. That's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Cal Ripken of analysts, I like to call myself. Wow. Or maybe even the uh, Jason Kelsey. Maybe 100 straight starts uh, for Jason. It'll be on Monday night. As he rubs some dirt on his hyperextended elbow and goes, which I think nobody should be surprised about. But you know what we can say today? We can finally. And a happy Thanksgiving, everyone, by the way. But we can finally say the Eagles can no longer say, well, we are in first place. They're not in first place any longer. It feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> it does feel good because I, I feel like they've constantly leaned on that and said, well, at least we're in first place. And, and hey, by the way, I mean, there is something to that. Uh, I, I do think um, – a playoff game would be valuable uh, for a number of reasons, most notably to get the quarterback some experience in the playoffs. But, um, hey, you're going to have to win some games now. Uh, I mean, uh, if you look at Washington and what they were able to do today to Dallas and go all the way back to week one. So it would have been better for the Eagles if Dallas won this game, to be honest. Yeah, uh, but uh, this division is, and you can argue. We'll see what the Giants do over the weekend. I mean, they were the hot team before the bye. It's, if you want to use that term, hot in this division, you win two games and you look like a world <laughs> world beater. Right. Yeah, it's um, it's pathetic, as we all know, and as we've been talking about all year long. Follow John on Twitter, by the way, at JF McMullen, host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning, right here on fourteen ninety. 
from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. He also writes for phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated at si.com. So let's let's talk about the NFC East a little bit more, John, before we get into some Eagles stuff. Washington just completely routes Dallas 41-16, to and I said this to start the show. I don't know how you can't root for Alex Smith. I'm not saying I want them to beat out the Eagles, but it's just a great story. It's a side story that I think anyone who enjoys watching the game is is following and cheering him on. Uh, but what are some of your takeaways from that game? What does it mean? Like you just said, in this division, I don't know what we can take away from one or two weeks of, oh, they look different. Yeah, and, and it really wasn't. I, I mean, you look at the final score, yeah, uh, and it was a blowout because of, of sort of the avalanche at the end after the fake punt. Um and everything went kind of sideways for the Cowboys. It was pretty close throughout, as expected. But I do think, you know, Washington was the most intriguing team to me. And really, um, even before the season, I mentioned it a couple times, only because you look at their defensive front, and it's really, really good. You saw Montez Sweat with that play uh, at the end of the game, which was pretty spectacular. But um, you know, if they could fix the quarterback position, I, I wasn't even thinking of Alex Smith at that point because of the injury and how severe it was. Um, and obviously it didn't work with Dwayne Haskins again, and they seemingly already turned the page. And, and here we are back to Alex Smith. You know, two years ago he was in the hospital uh, with an infection and, you know, some serious, serious issues cropping up after that what was in essence a catastrophic leg injury and um, the fact that he's able to fight back. And I, I think people kind of forget and you could make the argument when he got hurt, Washington was the best team in the division. People kind of forget they were playing well um, and then kind of fell apart, uh, understandably so, after they lost Alex. Uh, the guy go back to Kansas City as well. The guy won football games. He won a lot of football games after he got over that difficult start back in San Francisco. Um, all of a sudden, he became one of those guys. And, you, you know, I, I, for the most part, I agree with the thought process that wins and losses are not a quarterback stat. But there are certain guys who just seem to figure out how to win football games, and that's where Alex Smith was before the injury. And sort of he was the game manager. Everyone uses that as almost a slight or an insult. And as a former number one overall pick, he was always regarded as a disappointment, especially when you compare him to Aaron Rodgers, who was in the same draft. But I, I got to tell you, Ryan, he won a lot of games, and he's a smart quarterback, and he understands how to win games. And that makes Washington dangerous in this goofy division. They have some weapons around him, too. Yeah, I mean, McLaurin is great. I think we all know that, even on a bad team. And then Antonio Gibson is turning out the three touchdowns today, and he's a unique player because he can catch the football just as well as he can, arguably better than he runs it at times. And 
And now they're starting to figure out some things on the offensive line as well. I think they made a, a, a good decision to move Morgan Moses from right tackle to left tackle. Remember, they had Trent Williams for all those years, but things went off the rails with him, uh, and they haven't been able to get a left tackle. So they finally just moved a really good right tackle over, and he's doing pretty well. So um, they're, I, I hesitate to call anybody in this division uh, good, but it's interesting to me. I, I, the two teams trending up are Washington and the Giants, and the two teams trending down are the Eagles and the Cowboys, and I think we all thought it would be the opposite of that. Uh, real quick, your thoughts on the Cowboys. Uh, I just had a caller in the segment prior to you call in and say McCarthy's going to get fired right and I said I mean you can make an argument that it makes sense uh, but I don't see Jerry Jones doing that Uh, just give me your overall thoughts on the state of the Dallas Cowboys organization right now Uh, I I don't think he's going to get fired Um, I, I think there is a little bit of a dispensation for losing your starting quarterback and then they lost the backup for a while too and we, we saw him play here against the Eagles with Ben DiNucci um, and then it was Gilbert the next week so you know in a lot of ways their struggles can be explained by that if you go back to early this season um, they were they were explosive offensively with Dak Prescott. They were number one in the NFL in, in total offense and in passing offense. Um, so they were shaping up to be very good offensively, and they should have been. Um, even though Elliott's having a down year, they have the great receivers, um, the offensive line, and now they've gotten sort of like the Eagles, all that attrition on the offensive line that's hurt as well but the one concern was on the defensive side of the ball they were playing really poorly uh and now they're getting a little bit better they had been at least till today um but i i i think they'll get at least another year um and at least an opportunity to come back with Dak prescott and then we'll see i i do think i would say i will say that if Dak Prescott stayed healthy and played 16 games, they would have won this division. They would have. Yeah. No, that's that's the thought among many, and especially given the circumstance now with how we um, look at the other three teams, my goodness, if Dak just could have stayed healthy, that would probably have been a runaway, but not the case as the NFC East is always – Full of surprises. Um, John, a couple other more notes here. I'm pushing back the Eagles talk, but big stories that we have to touch on. Lamar Jackson, test positive for COVID-19. Larry Fitzgerald, receiver from the Cardinals, test positive for COVID-19. The Cleveland Browns have a player, maybe more test positive, and close their facility. What does all of this mean, if anything? Uh, well, I, I think it means um, we're going to have this uncertainty uh, until we get to the finish line, when we do get to the finish line. But the NFL has made it abundantly clear that the goal is to get the games in and and to get through the season and play the Super Bowl on time and, and then go back. And, that, like everybody, hope things finally go back to normal. 
Um, but I, I know there's an uproar because of the Ravens situation and especially because of Lamar. So now we – and you and I, Ryan, have talked about this competitive equity uh, question. I said forget about it. It does not exist. It's not – the goal is to play the game, and that's why you have the 16-man practice squad. The it, it doesn't matter who tests positive. They're not going to say – oh, Lamar Jackson tests positive, we're going to postpone this game because of that. That's not how it works. It, it, luck of the draw. It, it, yeah, I just mentioned Trent Williams in regard to Washington. You know, He was unable to play on the Thursday night game. Um, maybe the best left tackle in the NFC this year. Um, 49ers had three or four players on the COVID list at that time. didn't matter. they got to play the game. Right now, the game is still on. We'll see. I mean, there might be too many players uh, testing positive, and they might have to do something else, and we'll see how it shakes out. But it's not going to be because of who tests positive. That's not going to matter. It's luck of the draw, and if you're unlucky, um, you're unlucky. Um, you know, I, I would like to say that, and, and this is a good thing, and um you know, go down the list. Every single name that has tested positive in this league has been fine. Ultimately, at the end of the, the as we've talked about, these are young, healthy people. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's a bigger question than I think nobody ever gets to. Yep. You know, I, I mean, I really don't think they ever get to it because they're fearful of asking the question. <laughs> yeah, you can't ask like, it. What is going on here? No one knows. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on the COVID list, and, and we've seen these guys come on and off, and we've seen it here with early in the season guys like Lane Johnson, Nate Gary, most recently um, Marcus Epps off. All these guys are fine. So, I, I mean – what 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 are we doing? I don't I don't know. Yeah, me either. Who's on first? What's on second? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, uh, it's it's you know, it, it, I I guess my point is uh, you have unfortunately the and, and thankfully we're past the election, but you have this political part of this and people won't let it go. I, I mean, if these guys are asymptomatic, if these guys are fine, oh, I'll ask it again. What the heck are we doing? It's a question we're going to be asking, John. For We've already been asking it for way too long, and I don't think it's yeah. it's going away. Um, all right, so let's, let's transition to some Eagles. And Lane Johnson, Eagles didn't practice today. Uh, they had off for Thanksgiving. They got to eat some turkey or whatever they decided to do with the off day for the holiday. Uh, but Lane Johnson was listed as did not participate. I don't know what that means. If that's official, that's just what I see. Uh, but let's talk about an Lane. estimation, Ryan. Okay. It's an estimation if they did practice. All right, of course, stupid me. Um, <laughs> so what's up with Lane? Jason Peters, uh, how did he react to the film from Sunday? Uh, and just talk about that unit as a whole. We mentioned Jason Kelsey as well. Yeah, I mean, they've been doing this with Lane, so just because he's he's not practicing, and again, it's not, you know, it's an estimation. They're trying to get him through the week to get to game time, so 
not a huge concern. Remember, everything's kicked back today because they're playing Monday. So um, he generally uh, doesn't practice uh, on a normal week, Wednesday and Thursday, and then he tries to get involved at least a little bit. And, and depending on the week, sometimes he feels good and he does do uh, a little something. But um, with Lane, it's just about pain management. It's just about controlling the swelling. And he said pretty consistently this is going to be a, a season-long problem uh, that's probably not going to calm down until the off season. So um, that's kind of uh, business as usual as far as just trying to get him through the week and get him ready for the game. Uh, and as far as, you know, Jason Peters, I mean, yeah, he's coming off one of the worst games he's ever played. I, I think arguably the worst game I've ever seen him play. I haven't gone back early in his career to Buffalo. Maybe maybe he had some issues, but, um, yeah, he was bad. And, and, you know, the Eagles aren't going away from him. Um, he's going to be the starting left tackle. Uh, and uh, we'll see if he bounced back. I mean, some guys talked uh, on Wednesday. Brandon Graham talked about it a, a little bit. Uh, Jason Kelsey talked about it a little bit, uh, and, and they mentioned his just pride and uh, how how good he's been over the years, and they think he's going to bounce back. But you got to watch and see. I, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I will say that. I mean, uh, Seattle doesn't have one of the issues with, with that defense, which is 32nd in the league, dead last, is they haven't had a pass rush. They went out and got Carlos Dunlop, but, he generally plays the other side, and he's not a dominating pass rusher anyway. So um, it might be a good opponent for him to at least uh, look a little bit better as far as not giving up sacks and quarterback hits and pressures. But he's clearly, uh, and you should expect, I would assume, a 38, a descending player, no question about that. Zach Ertz. He is expected to play Monday night, correct? Yeah, I, I mean, Doug plays these games, but that has been um, sort of the, the modus operandi this year for the Eagles, the guys who go on injured reserve. You start the 21-day practice window. Uh, they get them a week to practice, and then they bring them back that second week. So that's where Zach is, so I would expect him uh, to play. And even though he's not having a typical Zach Ertz season, I think now that he, he has been gone and you've seen uh, the receivers on the field, more 11 personnel, uh, and those guys just can't play right now. So it'll be good to have the ability to have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard on the field at the same time. Uh, I think that'll make Carson Wentz more comfortable. Uh, and I think that'll make the Eagles' offense better because they're just better than the receivers. John, let's revisit this, and we've talked maybe even too much about Zach Ertz uh, at one point before he went on uh, the injured reserve list, but we were talking about will Zach Ertz be around next year. We talked about his unhappiness, uh, and you just pointed to the importance of Zach Ertz being on the field with this team. Of course, uh, he's one of the best in the game, and we know how much easier he makes Carson Wentz's life. 
Does that change anything for the Eagles' plan this offseason for the tight end position? You know what? Maybe it does a little bit, Ryan, because they've kind of seen what life is like without Zach Ertz, and it's not too pretty. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, but uh, uh, at the same time, I, I mean, you do have to make difficult decisions, and I, I do think the end game is to get, just because of how the NFL is played uh, today, uh, you would prefer to get more speed on the field. You would prefer to get more receivers on the field uh, than play uh, a lot of two tight ends, which the Eagles were doing uh, when Zach was healthy. Um, but the bottom line is this team has not been able to get or develop wide receivers. So you can talk about it and say, I want that track team. You go all the way back to the offseason, what Howie Roseman was talking about, all these fast guys and um, Deshaun Jackson and, and, and Jalen Rager and Marquise Goodwin and John Hightower, you know, Quez Watkins. How's that worked out for you? Um, there's more to it than just speed. Haven't gotten the gold. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, so, I, I mean, until they can develop some receivers, um, I, I hey, it, it might not be plan A, but if plan A stinks, you got to go to plan B. I'd rather have Zach and Dallas on the field. So would I. Um and I want to fast forward a little bit to the off season, and we're going to be talking a lot about this when we don't have games to talk about. But like, what what needs to change here for the Philadelphia Eagles? Are we too caught up? Are we too close to the situation? And maybe the COVID nineteen and the landscape of the league and the injuries for the Eagles, like those are all maybe legitimate factors, and we need to take a step away from the situation, and they'll be just fine. I don't think that's the case, but I'm just throwing ideas at the wall here. Do they need to sit down with Doug and say, you really need to change up what you're doing here, and if you don't do it, you're going before Carson does? Do they need to make a splash in a trade and get a big-time receiver? Like, what needs to happen this offseason, John, to redirect the same results year after year in recent history? Well, I, I do think it, it is uh, – it's difficult to kind of step back and look at yourself and evaluate yourself um, uh, fairly and, and accurately. Um, and, you know, I just kind of mentioned with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you know, we're all talking about how bad they were today. They they stink. They, they've won three games. Um uh, and, and and I just mentioned if Dak Prescott is there, you know, they're going to win this division. They win this division pretty easily. Now, that might be nine wins. You know, they're not going to be world beaters. Uh, but they're a completely different team. In the Eagles situation, you have to ask yourself, you know, and I'm going to write about this in Philly Voice tomorrow. It's going to be at phillyvoice.com tomorrow. You have to ask yourself, if, if – if this went as expected and our offensive line was Andre Dillard from left to right, Andre Dillard, Isaac Samala, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, uh, healthy, uh, all of them, what what does this team look like? Well, they certainly don't look this bad. Um, 
I think that is the one thing that has sort of spiraled things out of control. Uh, nine different offensive line uh, groups in ten games. I mean, that's just – you think about all the movement, Ryan. I mean, it is unbelievable. And I encourage everybody to read this article when it, when it posts tomorrow because just the movement back at every single position – Dating back to training camp, at right guard, it, it's it's been unbelievable. Left guard, the bouncing back and forth, uh, it's it, it just different faces. And you say to yourself, if this is a normal year and you're just somewhat healthy, uh, how, how drastically do things change? Um, and, and the question is, pretty drastically. Now, that's not the goal, though. The goal isn't to win eight games or nine games and win a bad division. The goal for this team is always since, let's be honest, since they won the Super Bowl, to get back to another one. That goal they're not close to. So that's the goal they got to be honest about. And we've learned a lot about Carson Wentz through this. We've learned that he's not Russell Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. And he's not capable of being that type of quarterback that can overcome gross deficiencies around them. So you have to ask yourself the question, okay, do we have the wherewithal to build up around Carson Wentz to where he can be a championship-level quarterback, or do we have to go in a different direction? And that's a very uh, difficult decision to make because it's not easy to find quarterbacks in this league. And when you get an above-average one, you generally got to hang on to them like grim death because it can get really bad before it gets really good. Yeah, and it can get bad really quickly on top of everything else. So it's they're in a tough spot, as we're all pretty much well aware at this point, uh, if you weren't before. Uh, John, just previewing Monday a little bit, and we'll do a, a full preview tomorrow night on the show. Do the Eagles have a chance here? Because uh, on paper, it's like, well, Seattle, Russell Wilson. But Seattle, they've been floundering a little bit. We all know that defense isn't anything special. I mean, can the Eagles figure out a way to steal one, so to speak, Monday night? Well, they've never beaten Russell Wilson when they've been good, so I can't imagine they're going to beat him when he's bad, uh, when they're bad. Uh, they just haven't found that out. That's a guy they haven't been able to deal with. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if you want to, uh, if you want some hope, you look to that defensive side of the football. I mean, Seattle's dead last in the NFL in defense. I mean, they're 30, 32 in the 32 team league. I mean, they're terrible uh, as far as defensive football go, goes, which is weird to say because uh, when the Seahawks started this run of being a significant playoff contender every year. Uh, it was two things. It was the Legion of Boom and Russell Wilson. And now the defense is just terrible. And it's all offense. It's all Russell Wilson. It's all the receivers, Lockett, Metcalf. Uh, and, by the way, the Eagles could have had D.K. Metcalf. I don't know if you heard that, Ryan. They but you're going to hear that over the next couple of days. <laughs> um, and uh, the running game, and, and, you know, it's a good offense. Um, so can the Eagles – do anything offensively uh, against the defense that poorly. I, I mean, that's where we are with this offense. I, I can't count on anything 
with this offense. But maybe Zach Ertz being back, maybe that gives Carson Wentz a little bit more confidence and they can jump up and, and surprise the Seahawks. But I will say because of that defense, yeah, they have a they have at least a puncher's chance. I'm curious to see the impact of Zach Ertz Monday night. Like like we all know the impact. I think it's gonna be big. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think the Eagles now know, as I said, what life looks like without him. And they're going to say, you know what? This is Carson's guy. You know, you've heard that too much Ertz narrative. you got to get more people involved. Mm-hmm. You know, those other people, they can't get involved because they stink. <laughs> throw, throw, throw the football to the guy you trust. The guy who's always open. And, and by the way, that'll make him happy as well. Because uh, all of a sudden, if his numbers start to spike, uh, if his next contract is not here, it's going to be somewhere else. And uh, if you put up big numbers, that's going to be good either way for you. So I think it's time for the Eagles to lean on Zach Ertz, and I think they're going to finally realize that. Yeah, and hopefully we all realize it in a positive way, just the importance uh, of Zach Ertz being on the field uh, for Carson Wentz. Uh, John McMullen, follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen, host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., right here on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. And like John said, he does great work. You can find it all online at phillyvoice.com. He has a new article coming out tomorrow, so follow him on Twitter and check out phillyvoice.com for that. Also, Sports Illustrated at si.com. All right, John, I know you have some leftovers in the fridge, so you're going to have to attack them at some point tonight. Yeah, I've already had one food coma, so i gotta, I got to wait till tomorrow to regroup and, <laughs> and then hit that again for the leftovers. Any college games you're uh, excited to watch tomorrow or not so much? Uh, you know, I haven't looked at the schedule. Uh, I think... Uh, we have some I good ones. We have uh, Notre Dame, North Carolina, I guess, because yep. that's a. I think North Carolina is a team that could maybe uh, upset them and sort of uh, skew the landscape. But you know, I saw USC and I think Colorado got canceled. Yeah, I don't know if that was probably Saturday, but uh, uh, so COVID is affecting the college football world as well, even more so for that matter. And it's already it's strange college football season. It is, and it's already impacting college basketball. Temple uh, already has been impacted, and they have to shut down their facility uh, for the next 14 days. They're going to have some games canceled and or postponed. It's just the world we live in, John. Um, but we'll get more into the Eagles-Seahawks matchup tomorrow night, previewing the Monday night football uh, preview between the Seahawks and the Eagles. All right, John, I appreciate it, my friend, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, you too, Ryan. Thank you. Yep, thank you, John. There he is. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. The Zach Ertz uh, conversation between John and I, I think that's really interesting. I think that's an article for John brewing in the near future because the Zach Ertz saga, I guess you can call it if you want to be extra and dramatic about it, 
but he was unhappy earlier in the season. Talks of him not being around next year. Talks of, well, we have Dallas Goddard. We don't need Zach. We don't need to pay him all this money. Carson Wentz throws to him too much, and it negatively impacts the offense, yada, yada. Well, here we are without Zach Ertz, and we really see the impact that it's had on the offense. If he comes back Monday, he comes back in a big way. What does that do? What does that do for your view on Zach Ertz and the offense as a whole? So big game Monday night to at least maybe answer one or two of the million questions that we have surrounding this Philadelphia Eagles team. All right, one hour down, two more to go on The Fix on AM 1490, live in the Prop Swap Studios. When we come back, I'm going to get into those college football games on Black Friday tomorrow, best bets for tomorrow, recapping more of the NFL today uh, and NFL Week 12. Stick around. You're hearing AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com.